We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the hills of Strawberry Canyon, I'm Coin Dang, and this is the Golden Bear Cast. Let's go. Go Bears. And welcome back to another episode of the California Golden Bear Cast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is an episode of the 89 Blitz. Myself, Rob, Andy, and of course, if you saw the title, we have probably the guest who's been on our show the most. The most. The best slot corner in the country to this day i still believe to this day is still the best slot corner in the country mr travion beck what's up y'all <laughs> how you doing man i'm doing great man it's just doing great living life you know can't really ask for much more yeah. yeah i'm assuming you watched the game unfold on saturday and all of the other news that transpired coming up to the game yeah definitely did watch the game gotta uh yeah did you feel on. like that was cheese it bowl or the cheese nips bowl <laughs> so they say did you get those vibes like how did how do you feel because like, i know like a, yeah are you watching as a fan like how did it feel it it was quite wild i don't think as i've played well over a hundred football games in my whole life and I don't think there will be anything that ever compares to what the Cheez It Bowl was. But it was that was close. I that that was that was definitely close. Yeah. How many times in your career have you seen sideline interference called? Yeah, not not too many. Uh, <laughs> yeah, not too many at all. Not even yeah, not even when I was in Pop Warner. It is quite absurd. That's amazing. That in and of itself just <laughs> We were a part of history. <laughs> right, literally. A part of history. And yeah, that's what we were saying when we were watching the game. It was just like, we're not here to win or lose. We're here to just watch Cal history again <laughs> together. Just as as a body, just just a, as a congregation, just to, to, to feel it in, to know where you were when that happened. Uh, but the reason we got Trey on here today is we had him uh, a couple of, well, last year. Uh, after the whole UCLA switcheroo game thing. Uh, but we wanted to go a little bit more in-depth with him today about what it's like, you know, at least from my perspective. Andy has some questions of his own to ask Trey. But uh, for myself, it's asking what it's like being in that huddle, not having, you know, the thought of not potentially having your uh, room coach there with you and um, some of the 
procedural things that might go along with that uh, because I've never been on a football team, so I don't know what those conversations are like. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess we can just ask them questions. But Andy, if you don't mind, I w- I'm going to start off. Uh, the first thing I want to ask Trey is like, what goes on in the the huddles when you're like, you know, when the defense is off the field, right? You're usually with your you're with your room. You're talking to your coaches, mm-hmm. maybe some of the grad assistants and and whatever. Like, what is their role? When they're there, I'm assuming it's not just like the NBA timeout of like, come on, guys, you got to hustle, play for each other. I'm sure that happens, too. But like there's probably some technical stuff that goes in in those conversations, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, every coach has the, you know, their different type of coaching style. I can only speak on uh, the coach I had at the time, which is obviously Coach G.A. So obviously Coach G.A. being intelligent as he was, like we picked up on a lot of tendencies that, you know, teams would um you know, come up with in their game plan. So for like, for example, we, you know, halfway through, I think our 2017 season, we started to realize that like teams come into games with scripts. So, and they stint and they tend to stick to that script very often. So most teams, most offenses, at least they only come in with about 20 or so plays. Mm-hmm. They'll just switch up the formations, but still attack the same areas of the field. So as our games went on, you know, particularly with the takers, We'll go to the sideline. We'll tell Coach GA what we see just for when the second half comes around, we already know what's coming. So it's, I would feel like it would be a huge blow. Like, obviously, I'm just talking from, you know, having Coach GA. I can't speak on any coaches they have now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what type of coaching style they uh they have. Yeah. But losing Coach GA in the, like, you know, before a game would suck. Like, literally. Because... You know, it's just like you don't you need to be coached how you've been coached the whole season. Like you need, you know, whatever, whatever type of style they have, like Coach Jay was very passive, but also very informal and very helpful. So missing that on the sideline, you know, it kind of takes your little it t- kind of takes your drive away a little bit. So, yeah, I, I guess it would be very detrimental to lose your coach before the game and. Yeah, I mean, it kind of like you can kind of tell the lack of, you know, that that umph, that extra it factor this weekend. It seemed like from like missing coaches. So I I think that took a toll on them as you know as we've seen. So I guess another way I, I I would interpret what you're saying is that you know you you want some structure, right? You want yeah. like especially in an away game, like you need this is what you go to. You're not focusing on any of the external stuff. Like this is, this is what, as soon as you get off the field, you're headed to your seat, you're talking, then you're back on. Like you need that like step-by-step and not any of those like other factors that might influence it. But if you have, if you remove that coach, like a lot of that structural, like, you know, tunnel vision that you have in an away game is just, it just dissipates. Yeah, definitely. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like, I don't. I don't have anywhere to pivot from that because that's, I'm just genuinely curious, like what yeah. goes on in those huddles. Like we see the cameras, but we don't get the audio, right? Mm-hmm, right. Uh, yeah. So it's just it's just a lot of talking going on. It's just everybody's trying to communicate. Everybody trying to tell each other like what's going on. That's really what's going on the whole time. I mean, obviously, if you messed up, you're probably getting yelled at. But <laughs> <laughs> it's just a lot of talking going on. That's really it. I think so. On that's on the coaches coaching side and then i'm curious on the player side and what we've have heard out there is and we've even heard wilcox say it like this next man up mentality but you lose 24 players three days before a game 
what does a lot of so okay i'm gonna ask you two things trayvon and i can mm-hmm. circle back on them so one i'm just curious like the impact that that has and then i'm also curious a lot of people are pointing to death and saying that you should have the depth to be able to withstand that type of loss and i think like 24 players was that like about a quarter to almost a third of like your uh is that right? Like, yeah. We in this, okay, so it's about like a quarter of your guys. And curious on those two points. Like, first one, you know, what is just going through that and losing that many guys? What does that do to a team? Second one, does any program in the world have the amount of depth to sort of reach those standards? Maybe just Alabama. That's probably <laughs> it. <laughs> There's no other team in the NCAA that has that much depth to where they can lose 24 players and still play the same. I mean, we're talking about like college students and college players, like 24 players. You can, you can probably go to the third guy on the depth chart. The third guy on the depth chart was probably doing scout teams the week before. So they probably have no clue about the game plan. No clue on how they probably never played before. Like it's, it's a big jump to go from not playing in third on a depth chart to oh shoot i have to play this week like i actually have to play like because once once the season comes out and you see the depth chart obviously you're still working to move up the depth chart but i mean it's like it's like okay i'm still third on the depth chart and then now one week now i'm starting so it's just you have to switch your whole mindset and it it's just like yeah you can talk about death and you know next man up but it's hard to just you know switch your mind to just like oh i'm I'm here i'm ready like you were probably just on scout team like you weren't getting no real reps so yeah I, I just don't think you know you can really you know blame or ask for deaths because nobody in the country has you know that much depth to where you can lose 24 players and still have the same type of performance as your starters and when you try when you talk about scout team because i remember it when i was with the team but you just to take us through like the difference between like what a scout team is doing in practice versus like what starters are doing in seven on sevens and those type of drills. Um, so most of the time, our scout team players they didn't get really any of the seven on seven or um, full team during the season, at least. Yeah, they didn't get any of the seven on seven or full team reps. So pretty much on scout team, you're. For example, we'll have our starting defense going against our scout team offense, and then we'll have our scout team defense going against our first team offense. So it's like you don't even know the game plan, really. Like, you don't know what's going on. You don't know what the other team runs. You don't know if they're heavy run, RPO team. You don't know what's going on. So you're just a scout team player. Like, you're just down there basically being being a crash dummy for the offense so they can work on their plays. And so you're not even as a scout player, are you trying to mimic what the opponent is doing or not even to that degree? It's kind of like, hey, we need to just do the core core minimum and then we can just work on how, you know, like what we're trying to run that day. Yeah, you're essentially doing the minimum because obviously you don't want to hurt your offensive players. So it's like imagine you're a scout team player, you're going overly hard and you hurt Chase Garbers like you're going to get chewed out. Like it's just, you're just doing the bare minimum to give them a look. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I feel like, didn't that happen in the NFL? Didn't one of the guys yeah, get the starter? I, can't no, I just can't remember who it was. Was it in Hard Knocks? I swear, maybe it, might it was have been in Hard, hard Knocks. Knocks. Yeah. Yeah, it was like, uh, yeah, I think it was, I think it was in Hard Knocks, and I remember it. <laughs> Coach was so pissed. He was like, what are you doing hitting our starting quarterback? Yep. That's why they wear the different colored jersey. Yep. All right, Rob, back to you. Uh, okay, I mean, so, to I guess to come off of that and then kind of focus in more on this Arizona game, like from a defensive standpoint, I think most of us agree that the defense played as as good as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Like you shut them out in the first half, and then you gave up the field goal, and you're basically holding them at three until the final, let's say, like three minutes, five minutes, mm-hmm. yeah, and you give up that touchdown, which was. I mean, you could say that the touchdown was only given up because of the short field because they got off the the punt return, right? So, uh, I think I think most everyone who's watched the game and is a little bit rational about what they saw is going to say that the defense played really, really well. Like from your perspective as a former DB and a part of this a part of this defense, like how much has this defense progressed from the beginning of the year till now? Because like Andy and I have been preaching that. This defense is going to come good when these guys get reps, right? These younger guys that are playing, like the Lou's, the Colin Gambles, now the Isaiah Youngs and the Femi's and Trey Pastors, like all these guys, right? Just as soon as they get the reps, just like they saw with you guys, when you guys first started coming up as the takers, it wasn't a one-season turnaround um, or one-game turnaround for that matter. Uh, Like, how have you seen their progress and, like, are they – are they reaching like in your eyes? Like, could they get to Takers two point Like, are they getting are they in getting into that uh, conversation or not there yet? In your opinion, uh, <laughs> I mean, you hit it with the two point too, yeah, so it's like, yeah, hey man, we all stand on the shoulders of giants. I'm gonna choose to pass on that question. I feel like they're, <laughs> they're all really talented, and um, you know, obviously they have some talented individuals. Like, uh, for example, Josh Elijah's making mm-hmm. great plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel's making great plays. Josh is locking up in the slot. Then you see the young guys such as Isaiah Young, uh, Chiggy, Lou Dort. Wait, his name is Dort. No, Lou. Uh, Hearns. 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 My bad. I'm thinking of basketball. Yeah, players. basketball. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Lou Hearns and uh, Colin Gamble. So, I mean, they're getting really good, and I, I feel like they're going to progress to be really good. Uh, yeah, just like from the start of the season to now, you, you can obviously see their progression and how they were starting to mature and bond with each other. So. Yeah, I like to see that. I mean, they, they look really good. Like, they show flashes at times. 
Yeah, see, he's not gonna he's not gonna touch the takers two point yeah, thing. No, no. Yeah, he's no. not going there. He's not going there. I, I love mean, it. Asking, I love that two, he's not. He's not gonna. He's not. He's not inter- even entertaining that. Yeah, not gonna entertain it. I, <laughs> you know, I, I will pass on that question. I think you guys know my answer, but I will pass. <laughs> on that oh, that's awesome! I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, so let me build on that really quick. One last piece in regards to the Arizona game, just. The other piece that's interesting is like the idea of going up against losing all of those guys and then going up against a Pac-12 opponent. Given that Arizona, I know Arizona is not a good football team, but curious your thoughts. Like, did you have expectations in regards to like what you thought in that Arizona team might be able to do against a team that had lost so many guys, or did the game actually go to the script that you expected? I I I actually thought Cal would still blow them out, but I had to after the game I had to really understand that we were missing our starting quarterback who you know has most of our yards, um, and missed half of our O line with a backup quarterback who I don't think hasn't played since 2019. Mm-hmm. So at some point you have to become a little realistic and you know you can't really you know scream at you know the offensive coaching staff or coach Wilcox. I mean, that's a lot for them to take on in one short week. Like it's just, okay, we've been living and dying by chase for three years. Now we have to go with a backup quarterback and half our O-line gone. So, you know, I just feel like, you know, it's a little unfair that everybody's, you know, upset. Like I understand that they're upset, but also it's like most of our team was put into COVID protocol and we're missing 24 players against another Pac-12 opponent. Like the, the kids on Arizona have had Pac-12 offers. Like, they're good enough. So it's just, it's kind of crazy. But, yeah, I mean, I just had to be realistic afterwards. I mean, before, obviously, I thought Cal would blow them out, but then I have to understand that they're missing half their team. Well, the I guess I want to come back to a little bit of the macro question because I wanted to ask you what it's like being in a locker room. I mean, you're not in this current locker room, but – the I'm sure maybe the maybe the year you guys we lost to uh we lost to UCLA at the very end of the year to not make it to that bowl game right mm-hmm. I think I think that might be the closest feeling to what probably is in like the the ethos right now of just underperforming in terms of your expectations like as a team like going into the football season right like mm-hmm. you know this this team I think Andy and I both like a lot of people it's like we're expecting this team there there are lots of loaded like talented seniors i think we can get to you know eight nine wins but it hasn't turned out that way due to the the results of the previous games mm-hmm. like in that in that locker room and in that culture that you've been a part of like how do you maintain that like we're gonna we can win the next one like f- forget it you got 24 hours we're gonna it's over like we're gonna move on to the next thing and we're going to try to win that out because that that's all that's I mean, I'm just thinking back on your career. And that's probably the only season I can think of that probably had that similar feeling, maybe a little mm-hmm. bit of like we want to get to a bowl game. Right. We need to get six wins. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, hearing some of your uh, thoughts and experience on that would be great. Uh, it's, it's definitely very difficult. I mean, obviously, when you're when you're writing a hot streak, it's easy to keep progressing but Mm -hmm. even just as with regular life once you start 
you know, declining, it's hard to start going back up. Like it's, it's hard to get that engine back going. So obviously, you know, just that you guys brought it up as an example, we had a whole off season after that UCLA loss to get back on track. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in the middle of their season. So it's, you know, it comes down to, you know, the strength coaches and coach Wilcox to really like get them to understand like, Hey guys, we're still good. We're still in position. Like we still have more football to play. So, I mean, it just all comes down to their mental fortitude, really. Like, I mean, they're all young. So, I mean, I, well, yeah, most, most of them are young. So, I mean, <laughs> I guess they have, you know, they can see the future, like a brighter future. But, I mean, it definitely is difficult. I mean, it took us a while to really buy in after that UCLA game. But you see how we came out the next year. I think mm-hmm. we went 3-0. and uh, So, it's just if you can get the players to buy in. I mean, that comes down to coaching, really. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Love that. Yeah, I think. So one of the things that's really interesting, I feel like we've heard Wilcox talk about before, Trey, is like he said, like, what what did he say? He's like, we were in a, well, he had a three-game losing streak, and he was like, I think we might have gone 3-0 and and then went 3-3 three and three or something like that, or even maybe gone 3-4. and gone to three and four and he was like we're in the storm or something like that i think he said if i remember and i was curious like just based on this season if it it does feel like this team never loses all of our cal teams never lose hope on or sight of where they want to go it's like that and and you've seen like let's say i'm just gonna use oregon as an example sorry to any ducks fans but like oregon had a very clear example a couple years ago when I think it was Helfrich was like kind of on his way out, they weren't going to make it to the playoff. A bunch of players came out and were like, yeah, half the locker room isn't like putting in time and the, like they're not working hard anymore. They were just here to like, you know, have the, the lights on them. And once the lights went out, they gave up. So it's like, what is it about this program or in your experience that creates that energy towards finishing strong regardless of the result? Uh, I mean, it's huh. Uh, it's hard to figure out where to where to attack first with that question. It it more so other than the fact that you know football is a team sport. It also comes down to you as an individual. I would say. So obviously, in the off season, we're spending a lot of time as a team. But individually, we're trying to get ourselves better to help the team. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like, you know, if you can get, like, back to my point, of, I guess you can get everybody to buy in to see the future. I mean, I'm not I'm not really too sure. I mean, I mean, yeah, like, they're, they're hitting a real, like, low skid right now. But, I mean, what's the record? Three and six. So we have to win out to make the bowl game. Yep. Yeah. We have, we have USC, Stanford, and we got the California Cup. 
Oh, UCLA. USC Stanford. So. I don't know. I mean, use that as a good pitch. Maybe like we go three and zero versus the <laughs> California schools. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe First that. time since like nineteen fifty <laughs> like, something. Like come on, like that was, that was always hyping us up whenever we played USC, uh, Stanford, or UCLA, especially USC. Like whenever we were on the field versus USC, we were always hyped. So I mean, I you, and you broke the streak, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's we different too. That <laughs> yeah. we and why is that? Why is that, Trey? Like, what does USC mean? Is I mean, most obviously. Oh well, back when I was there, at least most of us were from SoCal, and it's like we chose not to go to USC. Like, if you were from Southern California, ultimately your dream was to go to U- USC. So, like, obviously something had to happen. Maybe you didn't have a USC offer. You know, you seen the way the USC program was going, so you you know, went elsewhere, but every time we stepped on the field versus USC, we were hyped. Like, that was our most hyped game. Especially that time we went into the Coliseum our junior year. That was, as you guys seen, was our most hyped game. Like, we came out ready to play. And that's just, you know, that just goes with, you know, us as individuals coming together as a team. Yeah, I mean, we, that's awesome. I mean, we see it, right? Like mm-hmm. all of you guys, when you're here, like you'll we'll see the off season videos of you guys doing the footwork drills and all that, and me and Andy looking at those videos, and we're going, we could probably tear all our ligaments in our knees if we tried to do that. <laughs> <laughs> like just the speed at which they do it, it's just someone, yeah, because yeah, someone, I, 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 this is an anecdote and totally a side conversation, but someone uh, in the comment section on the site today was like. Uh, I'm sure like Rob or Leland could have been out there and thrown a better ball and like the offense wouldn't have lost a beat. And I'm like, you're severely overestimating my athletic ability, like by like three stratospheres. Like I'm sure there's a multiverse somewhere where I became a Pac-12 quarterback, but that's maybe one out of the 450,000 million ones that are out there. Like it's not, it's not, it's not happening folks. Uh, Sometimes people lose track of that. Yeah, right. Yeah, they just don't understand how hard it is to play football sometimes. Yeah, I tried pushing the sled once after practice, like waiting for you guys to come out to the banner, and I was like, "How do you do this? Like, how how do you like physically? How is this possible? Like, how? Why do you, doesn't it go anywhere? Yeah. It's like I had to I had to play it off like I actually didn't go 100, percent or like shoved it, and it like hurt me more than anything. I'm like, I was I just like tapped it, you know, it's like a little shove. I'm like I'm like inside like bruised up all across my arm dude uh, i remember the uh the tackling drills or like the d lineman you know with the big like mm-hmm. weighted pads and you would they would hit them over with <laughs> just one arm and i went up one time and i was like all right i'm gonna do this <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go anywhere and my arm hurt so bad and i was like forget it dude <laughs> so yeah yeah I think people underestimate how hard it is to play football a lot of times. Yeah, they, they do for real. All right. Well, Rob, you have anything left? No, that was uh that was my list of questions. I got nothing less on the docket. Trey, this is great. Thank you so much for coming on. It's seriously amazing having you here. Rob's always really good about this. So what do you want to plug? We have a victory cannon. Mm. You can shout out. Any recommendation Anything that you want, you, you can like, shout out. You want to highlight? Go for it. Floor is yours. Uh, we should have probably asked him before. I've been putting Trey on the spot oh. all night. With 
Shout out my oh, shout out my boy Cam Beasy. Had the most beautiful picture this week. Oh, for sure. Shout out Cam Beasy. Um, yeah, that's all I got. Just shout out Cam because that pick was absolutely beautiful. It was gorgeous. Can you take us through that play, like, and just walk us through, like, what did you see that he did well, and like, um, so it was. I actually talked. Me, him, and Jayhawk talked about it today. It was a uh, cover six, um, which is cover four to the field and cover. Oh, actually, sorry, cover eight. Which is cover four to the, uh, it was well essentially cover one to the boundary, and cover four to the field. And Lamar didn't see that Cam was not. Cam did a good job baiting as if he was going to help over the top on Marquise Brown. So he mm-hmm. slid to the right to show that he was going to help over the top, but he was really defending the middle of the field. So um, it was just a really smart play. So once he flashed over the top, he immediately drove back to the middle. Lamar threw a bad ball. And, well, it, wasn't, it actually wasn't a bad ball. It looked like a bad ball because Cam made a good play on it. It was actually a pretty good ball, and he made a nice diving interception. The you athleticism know? on that yeah, pick. It was quite, yeah, it was absurd. And when I seen it, like, I was watching it in real time. I said, oh, my God. I didn't know it was Cam at first. So I looked. I said, oh, my God, that's a great interception. Then I looked. I'm like, oh, my God, that's Cam. <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, looks good. Definitely looks good as a safety. Like, oh, my God, I thought he was good as a corner. But, I mean, the more he learns, like, he he definitely shows more and more flashes. Kind of helps to learn from Patrick Peterson, too, I think. Yeah, and, and Harrison Smith. <laughs> and Harrison so, Smith, yeah. Right, so that's, that's great for him. Yeah, I, I had the same thing as Trey because I had Lamar Jackson. I have Lamar Jackson on my fantasy team, and I was watching that game. And I was, like, watching that game, and I screamed out, No! And then they showed the replay, and I was like, yes! <laughs> I could take a minus four. Cam got his first interception. I can take a minus four. Man, right. We were talking about that all day. Oh, my God. But, yeah, we're just happy for him. Proud of him. That's awesome. That's awesome that you guys are you guys still keep in touch like that and hype each other up and all that. I saw I saw Jayhawk's retweet of you the other day too. Um, I see you guys retweeting each other and quote tweeting each other, and it's it's so good to see. It's yeah, so to we, see. we talk to each other all the time, literally in our in our group chat. So yeah, it's fun. Miss them. I don't see them quite often actually, so I don't know if I really have enough time to miss them. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the shout out. That Trey yeah. wants to throw on there. So Cam Bynum, if you're listening to this, that was bad man. <laughs> man. He go mama, there goes that man. Woo! What an interception. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Trey. Once again, we appreciate your time. Always uh willing to come and talk to us about football and giving us the player version of the stuff that goes down. And uh so once again, thanks. Hope to have you soon. And uh we're, we're always uh, looking out to see what you do next. And, uh, and that's it from the Golden Bears cast. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. Go Bears. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. 
Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.